0: you know what that is that's the sound of wow with listerine simply grab
1: twist pour and swish for 30 seconds twice a day to add the wow of listerine to your daily oral care routine
0: with five times greater plaque reduction than brushing and flossing alone for a cleaner mouth and healthy gums complete the clean with listerine Conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. Last year, the State of the Nation addressed President Cyril Matamela Ramaphosa, announced that his administration would be setting up a National Anti Corruption Council before the end of 2021. It is now a month before the next Sona, and no movement has been made with regard to that. In the State Capture Commission inquiry report, there was released by acting. Chief Justice, current Deputy Chief Justice Zondo, that the government cannot be trusted to set up its own anti-corruption body. The question then becomes, how should we go about setting up an anti-corruption body, considering that the country has ample bodies that exist to uphold the rule of law and to fight government maladministration? Further, should we leave it up to civil society? Should the private sector do it? Should the judiciary set it up? These questions, and how do they all relate to the separation of powers? A doctrine that is an inherent feature of the Constitution, not in express words, but certainly in the makeup and in the composition of the three spheres of government, being the executive, the legislature, as well as the judiciary. Uh, expert in this regard, constitutional values, is Aubrey Sedupane. Aubrey, thank you so much for joining us. Good evening. Welcome to SFM again. Thank you very much. Thank you so Good
2: evening.
0: That's the question. Can the South African government be trusted to monitor its own progress when it comes to dealing with corruption? I asked that question, and it's a pretty broad question. So pick it up from where you think it is most appropriate, and I'll run along those lines with you in it.
3: Yep. uh,
2: Thank you very much. uh, Yes, thank you. So, as I've already actually just given a um, a, a slight outline as to what uh, the acting Chief Justice has said, Raymond Zondo, uh, when it comes to the establishment of any particular structure that would uh, be composed in order uh, now to monitor further using the concept further owing to the understanding that we do have a number of structures that are already actually mandated to deal with the aspect or the destructive uh, element of corruption that we have in our particular society Uh, what i would say is that um, Certainly, we do have these particular structures. Uh, The key question is, are they doing what they ought to be doing? Or is there a limitation? Does that that limitation relate to the question of the integrity of the people who are occupying these particular positions of power in these particular entities? Or do we really really need this particular new structure? And how should uh, it take and uh, what kind of structure should it take, what formation uh, should it take in order for it now to be be able to accountability, to enhance responsiveness as well as the rule of law. And I would say that um, I I do not uh, think that uh, the, the judiciary should be involved in any manner. What needs to happen here in the end is that uh, the executive itself, the president, uh, you know, the presidency can initiate whatever structure that they want to initiate. And the question is, um, uh, how do we formalize it? Uh, is it going to take a legislative approach? Or uh, what structural formation is it going to uh, rely on? Would there be any enabling legislation? which will allow for the establishment thereof, and thereby ensuring that uh, the parliament itself passes that particular piece of legislation. But key to it is that uh, we need to have the civil society involved in this particular structure. Uh, Clearly, we do need this particular structure, uh, not because we do not have any other structure to deal with the the particular challenge of uh, corruption that we have, The ruins of um, the 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 outcome of corruption uh, that we have seen uh, from the not only from the Zondo Commission, but from a number of uh, uh, commissions that were established uh, even before the Zondo one, really now prompt us to say what is it that we need to do? Uh, One clearly. Uh, we have always lacked political will to have that particular drive to ensure that we deal with corruption. We handle it. With, if, we, if, if if one was to use the concept uh, manhandle, I think that would be the most appropriate one because we really fail to handle it and to combat it. So how do we handle this particular um, uh, cancer uh, that we are dealing with as a society? So in a nutshell, from my side, I would say that we, ne- we really do need it, uh, but we need really to involve our civil society organizations.
0: Yeah, in fact, what you suggest is quite consistent with what the Recommendations 1 and 2 read in the Judicial Commission report by Deputy Chief Justice Zondo. He first of all recommends that the president... And let me just read the National Charter Against Corruption that the government, in consultation with the business sector, prepare and publish a National Charter Against Corruption in public procurement. Such charter to include a code of conduct setting out the ethical standards which apply in procurement of goods and services in the public. And I think any discussion on public procurement has to have its thesis from, or genesis rather, from Section 2 and 7 of the Constitution, read with probably Section 2 and 6 thereof. And, of course, that charter then establishes or goes a long way in assisting with the establishment of an independent agency against corruption in public procurement. He calls it something of this kind, Public Procurement Anti-Corruption Agency. This, of course, as has been mentioned earlier on, the president spoke about the establishment of a national anti-corruption strategy, which would lay the basis for a comprehensive and integrated ...society-wide response to corruption, the things that we all South Africans are quite alive to, open quote, the president then goes on to say, State of the Nation Address last year. We will shortly be appointing members of the National Anti-Corruption Advisory Council, which is a multi-sectoral body that will oversee the the initial implementation of the strategy and subsequently the establishment of an independent statutory anti-corruption body that reports to parliament. So clearly, within the spheres of government, the judiciary, through this report, Mm -hmm. Zondo says, we need an anti-corruption body agency. Ramaphosa himself, head of the executive, head of state, calls for that. Why do we need this? What's the importance, do you think, would be played by this body? I ask this precisely against the fact that you've alluded to some of the issues that there are bodies that can and are enabled and should deal in public pro- in, in, in procurement and related corruption. You've got the police, you've got the Hawks, you've got the Public Protector, you've got the Human Rights Commission. You've got the auditor general. All of these institutions have scope and capacity to, at a minimum, identify corruption and then make way towards the prosecution of the actors in the enterprise of corruption. Materially, would an anti-corruption agency, as suggested either by the president or Zondo, do anything that the current framework doesn't allow? Yep, uh,
2: my take, Sonja, says that. Uh, one, the critical point is around political will.
4: Two, uh,
2: this political will will drive uh, insurance of the fact that we appoint fit and proper persons, in other words, people with integrity and honesty. Uh, but what we have seen uh, owing to the political deployment is that uh, we have had this particular challenge in the country now of accountability. You see, we will always refer back to the EFF case versus the National Speaker of uh, Parliament, wherein the National Speaker and uh, fellow MPs were held to have failed to hold the president accountable. And you see, it's because of the political nature of um, uh, the the, the issues that we are dealing with in our our country. And we are quite aware that uh, uh, change management is really not an easy process. It will take us a very long time, uh, but we cannot wait any longer. Uh, so the better way is to say, how do we bring in new minds? How do we bring in fresh minds that are willing, uh, really, to drive this particular uh, force of changing our country uh, for the betterment, for its betterment, and for the betterment of the lives of our people? So the best way, really. Is to counter uh, 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 political deployment by ensuring a core governance process uh, the core governance process in this uh, sense means that now we include not only the uh, political sphere which would be the executive uh, via the president but as well as our civil society organization in that sense will be then be able to counter this particular um, the, uh, deployment, political deployment uh, process, and be able to appoint fit and proper persons. Maybe in the majority, those fit and pr- proper persons would have to come from the civil society organizations. Uh, the executive might have to appoint t- two or three, uh, depending on the uh, uh, size of this particular council that we will be looking at
0: what are the thoughts at home, South Africans? What are your thoughts? Can the South African government therefore be trusted to monitor its own progress when it comes to dealing with corruption? I think so endemic is corruption. We are asking questions which are fundamental, which fundamentally ought to have been dealt with, certainly by a new democratic state that's trying to establish itself together with the institutions and so become an attractive state employer and choice institutions that can therefore allow the new generation of Democrats and people who are committed to the rule of law to want to participate and help build the state. And of course, not just from within the institution, but also from outside the institution, the value of civil society in assisting the public sphere, although the the, the institutions that protect our democracy, are we sufficiently empowered to assist the government to do its work insofar as it relates to combating corruption. I mean, think the last time you tried to report something and what was the response from the institution itself? Does it lend credibility to why we would want to assist the government in fighting corruption? How do we do that? I'm having a conversation about now these conversations coming through from the presidency and the office of the chairperson of the Zonda Commission of Inquiry suggesting that an anti-corruption agency be established after this very short break. I'm hoping to get some comments from you at home. The value, the potential contribution, or the non-starter inherently, this institution, anti-corruption institution, let's call it that for ease of reference, would add in making sure some of these flaws in our democratic, democratic enterprise are attended to. After the break, we're taking calls. Johannesburg 714
4: 2006. SMS SAFM now
0: Song on 41391. on SAFM. I'm not in the least surprised I've got these two callers on the line in this order Mike in Newlands and KGM in Glugstop. Mike.
1: Songeso, <laughs> are you well? <laughs> I'm well, thank you. How are you? Um, all good. Thank you. So and yeah, listen, I'm so enjoying your debate, but I, I will really, I just enjoy listening. I don't want to phone in, but I have to correct you and, and forgive sure. me sure. if I'm going to be a bit harsh. But it, you're man. talking about these investigating agencies like the Hawks or like SIU, like they're independent agencies. together uh, you know, your listeners know, those that want to be honest with themselves, they're not independent. They all report to the Department of Justice. All to the Minister of Police, who reports to that President of the country, and they all have one thing in common, they're all ANC. So, the, you know, we, we have these conversations and debates, and now we're going to have another, what, another Zondo commission pointed agency? Uh, what's the point? Oh. The fact of the matter is, there are no consequences for stealing from the poor in our country. There are no consequences. We have Gretchen Mantash, who's off from the He's now complaining about this, that, and the other and saying we mustn't use these on the commission as, a, as some sort of a hammer or what was it. So, though, at the end of the day, if we do not have an independent investigative agent as they do in Europe and as they do in America, where the guys do not report to the people that employed them, unfortunately, it, this is a pointless conversation. Uh-huh. Our country is going down the tubes. Last time I spoke to you, we still had parliament. Now I'm speaking to you, parliament's <laughs> burnt down. And what's next? What what is going to burn down next? What is going to collapse next? I can't think of it, but let's think of the worst agency that can collapse. The ANC will burn it down because it's about power and money. And we are pretending, and and your guest, I have to say, I I have to disagree with him completely. We are pretending that we have real like law and order. We actually have a system where, oh, wait a minute. You just did something bad. We gonna investigate you and put you in jail. That doesn't happen in South Africa. If you are in the ANC and you're in the NEC, steal as much as you like and we will protect you. We see that on a daily basis. So Gezo, thanks so much.
0: Thank you, Mike. Yeah, I'd love to disagree with you, but I think you've largely been correct if we are being honest with ourselves. I mean, that's the reality. KGM, I don't know what your thoughts are on this very question. Can South African government be trusted to monitor its own progress when it comes to dealing with corruption? To that extent, what can we do, if anything, a civil society, to help secure our state and make it corruption-free? KGM, Clarksdale.
4: Good evening, uh, or Good evening to your guests and, and to my fellow listeners. It's going to be one of those rare moments. Uh, where well, you agree with Mike. Moment where, I agree. <laughs> 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 where I agree with Mike. <laughs> very
0: good. Agreement is yeah. good from time to time.
4: Maybe, maybe to add on to what Mike says, I think in terms of the solution, look, uh, President Ramaphosa, ANC politicians, they can never be trusted. Um, and even even from the time of, of Mike's forefathers, the system is a problem. Even if you took me, Songhez, and you put me there, but, but you'd be risking uh, an, a, a very gruesome time because I believe South Africa needs a dictator like myself who would dictate to the best interest of the peoples of South Africa. But what are the chances of getting even somebody from so, civil society, as, as you ask, who would be trusted by people who have been indoctrinated, people meaning largely the South African society, the South African people who have been indoctrinated to believe that anything and everything has to come through via political systems and the politicians. And the parting shot is this. The, the solution does not lie at Lutuli House or even at, at, at the bent Parliament. Mm. Judge Mokhemujoen, Chief Justice or former Chief Justice, including his colleagues themselves, have been failed by this very system. Remember, there was a time when they declared Parliament. Um, I can't remember what the word, but the Parliament failed to hold the executive to account. Mm now if all structures of the system have failed what we need is the total collapse of government so that we can come up with a new system but do we have the new system in place the social uh, rather the the, the, the um, us us the people who are not in politics civil society uh, do we have solutions are we being listened to? Do we listen to each other even as we comment on shows like this, mm-hmm. as we talk amongst ourselves? <coughs> do we have, if tomorrow we were, KGM's wish was to come alive, do we have a system as a solution? The answer to that question right
0: face? now is no. But what I also want to probe, and sorry if I'm being rude, because I do want to go, and I'm just going to ask this question rhetorically. Yeah. To the extent that the system has to completely break down, the next best question is, can this country afford that? We can't afford the malaise we are in right now. Can we afford the worst of it before we come up with a new system? Let's assume even for a moment that that new system is in place and ready to go. But Can I
4: give you an example quickly, Somya? Ten seconds. Yes. The parliament has been down. We can't build on top of that parliament. It must be broken down completely. Sometimes you've got to destroy the whole structure to build a new structure. That's what Cordessa owed us. The reason why I keep on bothering you about Cordessa was because there are answers in that agreement that the ANC politicians will Five, never
0: talk about. Four, three, two, one. You are right. And about most things, probably even more correct that you have to break it down completely and start anew. In this instance, it is about having a zero-level base government and building on top of that. Can South Africa afford that? Can the poor and the hungry afford that? Can you and I afford that? July last year gave us an indication that the answer is probably more no than yes. I've got two more calls, Anonymous in KZN and then in Matlosana, and Good evening, Anonymous. Welcome.
5: Good evening to you, Sangheza, and welcome back. Thank you, Mama. uh, And hope you had a blessed New Year's and Christmas. Sorry, I couldn't call you and say goodbye to you guys because my phone was out of order for about a month. We
3: appreciate Uh, your return.
5: I only got my phone back on the 4th of January, however my line. However, however, I just want to say, you know, if the the government really has to make changes, real changes, and not take politicians and put them to be the head of departments, because the politicians are there to talk for and behalf of the people. So the, the, the people are supposed to work. The people educated. Uh, educated uh, people, um, uh, I can't say whether they steal or don't steal, because only when they get in there and they look at the kitty, how much money the kitty, then they think about theft. But how, however, uh, we can't change the mindset of the person on how he thinks. Mm. Whether he wants to steal or whether he wants to be honest. That, that's uh, the mindset of each individual. Uh, so uh, the president won't be able to monitor everybody's mindset on how they think. Therefore, you have to have a watchdog for each municipality. Like let the, uh, let the auditors and let the accountants be independent, where but they will be accountable to, the, uh, to parliament. But uh, not totally independent, but totally independent from politicians on the ground. Politicians on the ground should not know how much finances are in the kitty. What, uh, what they should know about how they should go around um, assisting the uh, the public at, uh, on ground level.
0: Fantastic. That's
5: all I could say. Thank you so much. I
0: appreciate that. Aubrey, there's one more call, and I think I'll give you an opportunity to sum up the salient features of from what Mike KGM um, anonymous and what now Candice is about to say. As then we try and come up with a phrase that will pretty much summarize. The answer to the question, can South African government respond effectively and monitor itself in relation to corruption? And to that extent, what role does civil society have to play in that? The time is 2037. I've got one more call. Kandisa Matlusana, good evening. Thank you for calling.
3: Uh, evening, Songyazo, How are you?
0: Well, sir. How's it? Good.
3: Songiazo, mm. firstly, I wanted to correct a uh, We don't have a stop
0: you wanted to correct who? We
3: are in Matosana.
0: Matosana. KGM yes, yes.
3: must know you're staying in Matosana, not in Texas. You know, okay. Okay. you can't use these names of apartheid. We are in Matosana. Very well. Yes. Okay. One just look. You know, this guy, Mike Newlands, he didn't maybe listen to what Kwege uh, Mantashe was saying. Kwege Mantashe he did say... Uh, as, a, as ANC, people, they must not use uh, issue of state capture, report of state capture, for the personal vendetta in the organization. He was addressing the members of ANC. You know, he didn't say people, were, they must not be arrested. You know, people, they must they must learn to understand when people, they must not, think are only things they think they, they should do. You know what I mean? yep. We have to correct this, this mic of Newland. because his ideas, all of his ideas are apartheid ideas. Thank you,
0: very want- well. Apartheid ideas. I mean, yeah. whenever we talk about Mike, there's something controversial, even if it's not his fault. Now he's got apartheid ideas and trying to fix the state. Those are the views anyway of Kandisa calling from Mike Losana 2039, final comment then coming from our guest this evening, advocate Mr. Aubrey Sirupane, author of the book Reinforcing Constitutional Values in the Sixth Term. We are running out of time. And the question could very well then be, have we run out of time? His response follows now. Go for it, Aubrey.
2: Thank you very much, I would say certainly that
0: um, uh, we have run out of time
2: and, and and we need to come up with corrective measures. Uh, earlier on, I spoke about uh, change management, uh, and I just want to phrase it this way to say change management is it's not only uh, organizational, but it is as well so very, very societal. Uh, In a sense that when you want to have change, we need really to push for that particular change. I had the the, the first caller talking about lack of political will as well, and then that uh, we really have to be realistic and face facts about what is happening in the country, which is uh, a a very fair statement to make. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, we we need to come up with uh, a counter-approach to this particular poison that we have in the country the, it is a poison mainly because it is running uh, inside the entire system you remember the second caller talked about dismantling uh, the system the question is how do we dismantle it and the best way is to counter is to counter that particular system and uh, reduce this particular poison by coming up with uh, structures that would be able to fight back against uh, whatever it is that we feel that is inculcated in, a, in our in our in our government structures. When we talk about uh, uh, lack of political will, when we talk about uh, public servants that uh, lack integrity, we are talking about people who are already there, and it will. Uh, as, as, as the third caller talked about the change of mindset, it, 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 it's really not easy uh, to do that. So the best way is to say what is it that we can really come up with in order now to challenge this particular uh, inculcation that we have uh, of, of, of corruption, of wrongdoing, of maladministration, and malfeasance in our country. So the best way, uh, like I said earlier on, is that I do agree with uh, what President Ramaphosa suggested, uh, similarly with what um, uh, uh, Justin Sondor has as well recommended to say, let's come up with a countermeasure, And a countermeasure is really uh, about uh, uh, public participation. And public participation can only be done through a civil society approach. If we are to sit back and say that uh, this is not happening, whomever should be uh, prosecuted... And so forth, whilst knowing that that is not happening. We've had uh, uh, allegations of corruption, of corruption, uh,
1: uh, uh, uh,
2: even in our uh, 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 criminal justice system, uh, that uh, wrongs have been done there in order to ensure that uh, people do not go to jail, because these are members of our political party and, and, and stuff like that. So the best way really is to say let's come up with another instrument that we will certainly use to, uh, by including our public through civil society organization to counter this particular poison that we have and to try and remove it out of our system.
0: Certainly, and on another day we'll have to get into the depths of that very point, the role then, the true role of civil society in being the unofficial police force, in being the unofficial accounting officers of how public money is my and your money is spent and with the sort and sense of thrift that is required, we certainly cannot outsource everything that is the administration of the country to those officially in power. There certainly is a strong case to be made for South Africans in the general sense to roll up their sleeves and pull up their socks and also contribute meaningfully to this country that we are. Thank you, then, for your thoughts, Mr. Obrise Dubane, and well as my listeners. Those who have sent voice notes best believe you can keep them coming through. We will certainly play them more than likely after the news at 21 hours. Do stay tuned. Right now, the question is how to stop the 30% pass rate. At least that's the question posed by the founder of One South African Movement, and I'm talking about none other than Musi Maimane,